0: You are watching Go. and now,
1: from Wicked Fair, this is The Condor, Features. Hello all you congoers goers Hugh. This is Mia Walker, and I have the pleasure of standing with G.D. Falson right now. Tell me, how are you enjoying your Wicked Fair so far?
0: Well, I'm having a good time. I actually just finished a well, uh, lecture good on good. steampunk.
1: Okay, tell me about steampunk.
0: Oh Well, steampunk is one of the genres I write in. Uh, and it basically is Victorian science fiction. It uh, imagines a 19th century that has a more elaborate social structure and a more uh, advanced form of technology, but still using Victorian aesthetics and and the limitations of Victorian science. You know, it's things like steam engines for power, um, electricity's very cutting edge, it's kind of like their super science. You know, you have things like gas lights, um, you know, steam-powered automobiles, watches and so forth, uh, gear pieces and stuff like that.
1: When do you think that this developed? Because I know that you mentioned with being a writer and then also just even looking up your information and your resources. How do you think that steampunk developed as sort of a genre?
0: Well, as a a genre, Victorian science fiction, you know, which is what steampunk is, has really been around since the Victorian period. Um, And actually throughout the 20th century, you also have sort of latter-day steampunk examples. Uh, Things like, you know, the TV show Wild Wild West and stuff like that, where they take concepts of the time, like Wild Wild West, deals with spy-fi and espionage, but they set it in a 19th century Victorian setting. Uh, The term itself, though, wasn't coined until the end of the 1980s, and then since then you've had a sort of authentic steampunk, steampunk stories instead of proto-steampunk, which is what we call the the earlier ones, Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, that's proto-steampunk, because basically they have the advantage of talking about steampunk in its own context, you know, they're predicting the future. Whereas, you know, modern steampunk, it sort of looks back at the past and says, well, we know where technology goes, so what might they have done with the technology we know happens instead of the technology they thought happened but didn't actually happen.
1: That's kind of a neat sort of evolution. I didn't realize it was as deep as it was. And um, also, you're a writer, so tell me about some of your writing. It seems like you have some interesting projects and then you've also had some wonderful experiences.
0: Well, yeah. um I write a lot of different genres. Uh, Steampunk's the one I'm getting the most attention for right now. Um, And a lot of my work is short fiction. Um, I have a couple of serials. Um, I have, uh, in Steampunk Tales, I have An Unfortunate Engagement, which is sort of an Edwardian uh, adventure story. Uh, That's very steampunk. And then I've got, uh, also in that same... Uh, magazine. I've got The Mask of Tezcatlipoca, which is kind of a 20s, 30s pulp adventure kind of story. Uh, And then I also have uh, a steampunk story called The Strange Case of Mr. Salad Monday. That's in my Cities of Ether setting. Uh, And that's going to be, it's on tour.com right now. It's going to be appearing in Steampunk Reloaded uh, coming out in October. That's being edited by the Vandermeers.
1: That's, that's pretty cool. And it seems like you also have a bit of long fiction that might be coming out pretty soon. Or should we be looking forward to something? Uh,
0: yes, I do have uh, a, a full-length novel in the Cities of Ether. Um, the current working title is The Strange Case of the All-Seeing Year. Um, at the moment, it's, it's being uh, considered, but I don't have any specific details on when it will be coming out.
1: Well, it's exciting because at least we sort of have a little bit of a... Idea, a little bit of a teaser that there will be something that will be coming out. That just sounds fun for me.
0: Oh, yes, it'll it'll come out. It's just a question of when.
1: When, yes, exactly. Now, also, you did some work for MTV and then also were in the New York Times. Tell me about this. Uh,
0: Yes, well, again, it's, you know, I I don't want to, you know, sell myself too much on steampunk, but yeah, I mean, it is one of the things I do and it's the one I get the most attention for right now. I do articles on it and lectures and stuff. Um, And I've been interviewed on it by the New York Times, San Francisco Chronicle, um, MTV. You know, VBS TV, uh, that's uh, Vice, I believe. Um, You know, NHK, which is uh, Japanese uh, public television, I believe, did uh, something on on Steampunk in New York, and I I was featured in that.
1: That's so interesting. Now, also, um, just asking you, um, I'm actually going for my MFA in creative writing and focusing on long fiction. For someone that's a writer like me who hasn't been published yet and then is looking forward to it, do you have any sort of advice for up-and-coming writers? Well, let
0: me see here. It can be difficult to break into, um, because obviously it's easier to get something published if you know the people in the industry are familiar with you, if they know who you are, if they know your work. Um, write stuff, send it into uh, to magazines and short fiction publications. Um, write, write, write. Keep writing. Um, you can never write enough and that'll hone your skills, you'll get more experience, and you'll make more contacts um, as stuff gets sent in and gets accepted by magazines and and periodicals and stuff like that. Then you'll have more experience, you'll get to know more people, you'll find out about more opportunities. Um, If you want to get a full-length piece published, if you want to get a novel published, you need an editor, sorry, not an editor, you need an agent. Uh, and an agent basically uh, they represent your work to publishing companies because publishing companies really rarely talk to actual um, writers uh, you know in a very rare instance they may approach someone but that's you know sort of the the story that gets posted around you know because it's very exciting but it doesn't really happen much um, an agent has all the contacts that you need they'll send it around to editors editors will consider it the other thing that an agent does is they're familiar with how the industry works so they know how contracts work so it's almost like having a lawyer on retainer which is good too
1: excellent excellent well thank you so much this has been absolutely enlightening and we have just having the opportunity to speak with you we really appreciate that i hope that you enjoy the rest of your wicked fair and uh thank you for speaking with us thank you very much. all right everyone this has been a wonderful interview keep watching congoer